if you are not enabled to do your best work, whether that's through the general attitude or the collaboration or any of the myriad of, of ingredients that fill that recipe, the, the work is not going to be fulfilling to you. Right. 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 And so to me, if you're going to a place and, and they're not treating you with respect, they're not trusting you to do your best work or your guys's view of architecture does not align, then I mean, that to me right there says a lot. And that's when you kind of know that, okay, this isn't the fit, right? The fit keeps coming up. That's the word, right? If it's not only that you don't fit them, but they don't fit you. Welcome to the Speak podcast. I'm Evan Troxell. Each episode, Neil Pan, Cormac Phelan, and I have a casual conversation about all things architecture, and we invite you to listen in as we talk about everything in the profession, both the good and the bad. Maybe you're considering a career in architecture, you're still in school, or you've been around the blocks of Corbusier's City of Tomorrow more times than you'd like to admit. Join us in the studio as we stand around the water cooler and talk about why we love our chosen profession. It's time for some Arcaspeak. Welcome to episode 68 of the Arcaspeak podcast. I'm Neil Pan. I'm Evan Troxel. And I'm Cormac Phelan. And this episode of Arcaspeak is sponsored by Arcat. Visit them at arcat.com. We're also sponsored by uh, Nemechek Vectorworks and Nemechek's Vectorworks Design Scholarship, which is now accepting submissions through August 31st, 2015. So we'll talk a little bit more about each one of those during later in the show. Uh, but first off, let's get jump right into it. Uh, in our last episode, we talked about uh, finding the right place to work. Um, so I think in this episode, we will really want to discuss a little bit about how do you know if it's uh, maybe not the right place? And, and maybe a little bit about how do you leave your, uh, your current job? Now's the time. Now, yeah. thrower. Now's the time, right, Cormac? Now's the time. Right now. Wait, now. Now is the time. Yeah, yeah. now is the time. I, I, to be honest with you guys, um, it's either now or, or, or even you know, earlier. Maybe it's too late. I mean, firms are really hiring. This is kind of a, a, a change in things from what we've seen. And I know people who've been looking for work who say there's no work out there, but then I also hear firms saying we can't find the right people. So it right. seems like a little bit of both. Well, you know what? We've always, you know, my, my wife and I, when we moved to the D.C. area from Florida, we moved, you know, at the time of the recession. And one of the reasons why we moved is because there were jobs available here that weren't really available anywhere else. And, you know, one of the things that we'd always wanted to do is, you know, try to move back to the Detroit area um, where we're both from, you know, my wife grew up there. I was born there and we've always kind of wanted to um, move back there. And, I don't know if I've ever told this story or not, but, you know, I sent off 60, and I do mean 60 resumes to Six the Detroit zero. area. Six zero. Yeah. And I didn't get a single call from any of them, and I probably chose, like, maybe 25 to, like, you know, do follow-up phone calls with, 
And of that 25, a handful of them were like, you know, no, we're laying off staff or no, we're going out of business. And so uh, Detroit was hit hard, obviously. You know, there was plenty of places that were hit hard. Florida, Michigan, California, you know, they were all hit pretty hard. And um, so what I like to see as an indicator is how is Detroit bouncing back? And so my wife actually, you know, for curiosity's sake, she always looks at like the AI postings and stuff in the Detroit area or Craigslist or this or that or however else. And there are jobs out there. There's actual, honest to goodness, not tech architects, but architect architects, project managers and people, you know, designers and stuff like that. And so it feels like a really good indicator to me that maybe jobs aren't bouncing back as vigorously as they were, but they are coming back. And, you know, there are those times when, you know, you're at a firm and you may feel like it's, you know, either you've worn out your welcome or, you know, just maybe they're going in a different direction than you're going or, you know, whatever the case may be that, you know, it's time to uh, start looking elsewhere. Or maybe you just want the next step in your career that, um, you know, your current place of of employment isn't going to be able to give you and you know, it's time to move on. So what are those hints? What are those well, hints, Well, last, last week we talked about the yeah. a listener sent us in a bunch of questions, right? And we, we covered a lot of that about, you know, is it, can you dare to dream and things like that. And so it sounds like, sounds like you're talking from personal experience here, Cormac. Are you guys really trying to bait me into this? <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. <laughs> Two weeks ago, as of the 7th of August, I put in my two-week notice at my current place of employment and uh, done a lot of great projects there and met a lot of really good people. But um, I think my course in my career at this stage of my advanced years <laughs> um, were that I was looking for something else. I was looking yeah. for a, a new challenge, um, looking for uh, more collaboration, more uh, just there a variety of different things, and I'd like for you guys to help and bail me out of this. One. <laughs> well, hey, I I I was not trying to bait you. I was just trying to be more generic. Like, hey, what could be some I of was the things for generic too? That uh, there. So yeah, so you can we can call it. You can call out Evan on this one. No, but, I think this is uh this is this is earned. This is not. Uh, it is anything mm-hmm. else, and I and. I'm super excited and happy for you. And that's generally, I mean, that that, that is the reason why I I brought it up because I think that there's been a lot of times where you've really bitten your tongue uh, about the, the types of projects and the type of people. And there's been a lot of reasons. And I think this happens at every firm. So I'm definitely not saying that this was just your situation, but you were not happy. And I think you even talked about that before we even really officially started the show uh, is that you, and I think that this is probably just a general statement to be made is that you need to be happy doing what you're doing. And that is one of the biggest indicators of when you should leave a place is if you are not happy doing what you're doing there, because you will not do good work if you are not happy about the work you are doing. And sometimes, you know, you can go through the motions of, trying to do the best, you know, that you can or whatever. But, you know, there's always that nagging thing in the back of your mind, knowing that, 
this is not the right place for you. This may not be the right fit for you. These might, might people may or may not share your same kind of like goals and visions of what you want your career to be. And, you know, and not even your career, but just the projects, right? I mean, in, in, ultimately, and yes. I know you well enough to know that it is all about the project. Yes. And yes. to me, that is the mark of a good architect is that it is not about their ego and it is not about the awards. It is about the client and what they're getting out of the project. And, and it's also about what you're getting out of the project and what your firm is getting out of it because we do architecture. Yes. And so to me, if you are, if you are not enabled to do your best work, whether that's through the general attitude or the collaboration or any of the myriad of, of ingredients that fill that recipe, the the work is not going to be fulfilling to you. Right. 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 And so to me, if you're going to a place and, and they're not treating you with respect, they're not trusting you to do your best work or your guys's view of architecture does not align. Then, I mean, that to me right there says a lot. And that's when you kind of know that, okay, this isn't the fit, right? The fit keeps coming up. That's the word, right? If it's not only that you don't fit them, but they don't fit you. Right. Right. You know, and, and we even talked about it last week, talking about whether you should find like your little niche of of whether or not this particular architecture style or that architecture style or this type of building or that type of building. You know, we we talked about that, you know, and that's fine. But, you know, sometimes, you know, you can get into doing some work and you f- you're fulfilled with the type of work but maybe not the delivery method. And, and I guess right now, and, and I'm sort of so hesitant because it it is upon me right now that, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to say too much that, you know, sounds like it's a negative or whatever. But, you know, I mean, ultimately at the end of the day, and, and this is the one thing that I guess I've been fooling myself, is that at the end of the day, you're quitting a job because you don't like that place. Something I, I also think it's it's even more so that that and I've heard this from interesting, you know, leadership in in diff, people in different leadership roles. They say you're not people don't quit the place, they quit the person. It, yeah. Yeah. And I know that that's a big part of it. I was just going to throw out there, I think uh the people you mentioned that earlier, I for me personally, I mean, one of the reasons why I left one job before was, uh, the people, um, you know, just it, the fit wasn't right. And uh, I had some personal issues with some of the people I worked with. It just, it was not the right situation. And yet at another time I left, I did enjoy the people, uh, that all worked fine. It was more just, uh, the job yeah. it was in that case, it was the job. So it can be sometimes different indicators at different places. Uh, but really I think Evan, you had it right. Are you happy? And if you're not happy, then you need to make a change. And I think happy is kind of a, a difficult word because it, right it, to well, me, it's fulfilled, you satisfied, inspired. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of words that I think can be put into that. I'm glad you, you, you pulled that inspired because that, you know, that, that a lot of times, um, can be a career or at least maybe a job killer. Let's not say career killer, but a job killer is that are you feeling inspired by the work that you're doing every day? And if you're not, you know, I mean, you really start, you, you, 
you're always starting to take stock in, you know, well, you know, is this what I need to be doing? This is what I should be doing. You know, I, I, I tell this to my kids when I was like, you, I want you to look for a career. I don't want you to just look for a job. And he was like, well, you know, what's the difference between a career and a job? And I was like, a, a job is something that you do to get a paycheck. A career is something that you do enjoy, love, and are excited to do every single day. And sometimes we start off, everybody goes into every firm with the best of intentions to, you know, do their best and give it their all and, you know, really try to, one, I mean, everybody goes in thinking that they're going to, you know, either be the next Frank Gehry or they want to, you know, say, look what I can do. And they work really hard and, you know, they're coming at it with such you know, bright eyes and, and everything else. And then as you know, you progress and kind of get into the, the system and stuff, sometimes it works perfectly. And you're like, this is a great place. I'm going to be here forever. And then sometimes it's going to be like, I, I really thought it was something, but it's something else. I think that happens a lot. It, it does. And that's a really hard thing to discern in an interview. It, it is. Uh, <laughs> and so, I mean, and you know, from firsthand experience that interviews can go very long and that's probably a good thing, right? <laughs> yes, because it you can. can talk about it's an interesting. You indicator. can talk about a lot, and and yes. I think that that and we've talked about this before, but that is your your doorway into finding out as much as you possibly can about what that future yes. is going to look like, uh, instead of you know potentially wasting your time spending months and months, even years there, and then finally deciding, you know what, this really isn't even what I thought it was going to be. Let me, let me, let me throw this out here. And, and this is a slight sidetrack, but not really. It's, it's still related, but okay. So typically when you're leaving, you're going to be looking elsewhere or, or you know, you're going to, you know, if you've left cause you've been, you know, let go or whatever, or if you've quit on your own, you're, you're going to be looking for a new job. And, and notice that when you're looking for a new job, a lot of times, a lot of firms don't really, they they want to sit down and they want to talk to you and get to know you, but you never really honestly have an opportunity, especially a lot of young kids who are just coming out of college, who've never really interviewed, you know, based off of their experience of, of the profession and stuff. They've never really interviewed where they know what... And, and I'm putting myself in this situation where I've, I've been to interviews and, and I can sell myself, but I usually did a really bad job of trying to feel out and learn about the place that I'm going to be working. And I really changed, you know, my, my tact now that, you know, I'm older, longer in the tooth or whatever we want to call it, but I've seen what are good firms and bad firms and, you know, medium firms and all of these other things. And the, and I developed a new question and it's a simple question too, you know, cause they always ask you, you, know, you should ask your interviewers, you know, some questions. And because you don't really have the opportunity to get that feeling of what the firm is like, figure out a way you can actually do that with the simple question of, how long have you been there and why have you stayed? Because you're not, you're now putting them on the spot to have them explain to you why it is that they work there. 
you know? And so you're, you're, you get the opportunity to listen to them as firsthand experience on why they enjoy coming to work and why they feel inspired about doing what they do. But if they can't answer that and they were like, well, you know, you know, it's really close to home. I like the paycheck and, you know, I can go home and feed my dog at lunchtime. <laughs> You're not getting insight into the place. That should be a huge red flag. And also how they work, right? Because exactly. I think that, that's a perfect opportunity for them to talk about right. that kind of stuff, how they collaborate or they don't, or, uh, you know, what you, you could even ask, you know, what, tell, tell me about your tenure here. Like how, how have you progressed? And if they can't answer that question, because right. maybe they've been stuck in the same position the whole time, or there is no plan, it'll become fairly obvious pretty quickly. Yeah. Cause like you said, you know, if they've kind of been stuck in the same thing, it's just like, okay, so if you've been a project manager for the past 10 years with no growth upward, then what is my chance to, you know, move upward if, you know, cause, cause you're sort of in my way, you know, kind of. Thing. Yeah. These are all indicators, right? Well, yeah. If there's no room for the person above you to go, then there's probably no room for you to go. I think that's pretty obvious. So yeah, totally great questions to ask. And uh, really like the, the collaboration one, you know, it's, it's really talking, you know, cause you want to, okay. You want to know why they are there and why they enjoy being there and why they've stayed there. You know, heard some interesting, it's like, Oh, I've been here for 16 years and they've gone through, you know, talking about, you know, why they're there and, you know, and, you know, usually that kind of lets them say, well, you know, I started off here and I kind of did this and, and I kind of grew up here. And then there was this opportunity for do this. And, you know, and, and the, in the great thing about the firm is that we do this and, you know, and all that other stuff. And, and if you see the excitement in their eyes and in their tone and you know they're saying it with a smile on their face then that's you know a great indicator that this is a place that you know is really going to foster and nurture your experience and you know kind of move forward totally agree all right well i think that takes us up to our first sponsor um and that is our cat would you like someone to draw cat details for you Maybe create BIM objects for you. Write specifications, too. Would you like someone to do this all for free? RCAT has already done all of this for you. Search the RCAT libraries for these products and more, free of charge, with no registration required to download any of the content. RCAT has created a website devoted to you, the building professional, to find building product information fast and hassle-free. Check out ArtCat today at ARCAT.com. And we want to thank ArtCat for being a continuing sponsor of ArcaSpeak. So make sure you go check them out again at ARCAT.com. So guys, we've kind of established some, some really good ideas about why a place is not, uh, not the right place for you. How about finding the way to leave? What is a good way to do that? Get something else lined up first. Uh, oh, okay. you, you, you stole that one from me because I was going to say, well, you know, I haven't always listened to my mother on this particular bit of advice. And, you know, I've regretted those. But my mother always said, you know, if you're, if you're unhappy with the job that you have and you're considering leaving it, you should always have a job lined up before you quit your, your last job. And it makes perfect sense. I 
like I said, I haven't always listened to it where somebody said, hey, you need to move your car. And I impulsively said, all right, fine. I'm moving it home with me in it. Well, this reminds me of an old story my dad told me when I, he was teaching me how to drive four wheel drive and, uh, you know, off road stuff. And, and it was funny because today we had to we had to do that to get around some crazy traffic and car accidents and stuff on freeway it was completely shut down on our way home from vacation. And, uh, we had to go up over a mountain basically to get home on time. And it was, it just reminded me of that time when, you know, I have a four wheel drive and my dad said, when you go off road, you don't put the car in four wheel drive. And I'm like, why, why not? I mean, you're you're in the dirt. Right. And, and he said, well, if you're, if you're in two wheel drive and you get stuck, then you put it in four wheel drive. Right. And the reason is because then you actually have a tool to get out of being stuck. And to me, this is the same thing where you don't go into an interview without having a current job. Because if you find out you don't like that place, Mm -hmm. then you're stuck and you're going to be treading water for who knows how long. And it's basically being unemployed at that point. Right. And you never know how long you're going to be unemployed for. So you need to have this thing in your back pocket that continues your sustenance, right? If you, if you, if you cannot feed your family and you can't pay the rent and yeah. all these things because you were pretty sure that you were going to get that next job, then you are screwed, right? So it's the exact same thing. You've got to have something lined up already before you leave the job. So I think that one is pretty much hopefully obvious, but uh, do you have any other ones that, that uh, go along with that? Well, I would say in my experience that in better times uh, when employment is or firms are looking it's a whole lot easier to do that um, because most likely you know somebody's probably been calling you and and looking to see if they you know they can hire you away from a firm and uh, and so that that makes that situation much easier but I know over the last five or six seven years it's been it's been much more difficult to have to be able to have done that you know, a lot of people got laid off in 2008 and 9 and 10 and forward. And so you didn't have that luxury of finding uh, or having another job lined up. Um, but if you can, if you do have a job and you're, you know, if you're unhappy, as we've stated earlier, and you want to move on, that's the ideal situation. You don't want to necessarily quit and then go look because actually that could hurt you in your next interview, right? It's like, Oh, you're currently employed. Oh, you're not. Hmm. Why did you quit? You know, it seems sort of irresponsible that you would either a put yourself in that situation or uh, be so irresponsible to the firm that you're currently at, that you're willing to just like walk out without having something which, so it could look bad on you if it's like, well, I'm currently unemployed. Now, if it's, currently unemployed because of the recession, which I don't think you could probably use that excuse right now. Um, maybe in the last couple of years you could have, but I think nowadays you probably can't. So I think it doesn't look fondly on you. If you, if you do that, you know, if you've got a good excuse, Hey, I'm in school or just got out of school, uh, or something like that. I think that's a different situation. Uh, and you can explain that away when you're talking to somebody, uh, for, you know, in your interview. Um, so I think having something, you know, lined up is, is something you really should have. But if you're, uh, if you can't do that, then you need to have some excuse or some good reason why you don't. Well, I mean, you did miss the obvious C that you just won the lottery and you're independently wealthy, right? Do people do that? <laughs> it's every argument. No, you know, it is interesting. And then I kind of mentioned this it's time to wake up Cormac. Yeah. 
Not enough coffee yet. Fan- fantasy time is over. <laughs> a boy can dream. You got to play to win. Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. Exactly. But, yeah. Okay, you know what? It, there is something that is interesting. And again, a little side note here. But I mean, because we've been looking at these kind of indicators of how the job market is and, and things like that, there are a lot of firms who are are hiring again um, at m- multiple levels from entry on up. But there is one slow recovery that still isn't quite there, and that's like the project manager. So, like, if you were, say, laid off as a project manager um, during the recession and stuff like that and kind of slowly waiting to, you know, get back into the game and and things like that, there's, you know, there are it, – it, it has become – I mean, and, and I'm just – basing this off of, you know, the surface of looking at, you know, um, job boards and things like that, that, you know, a lot of times they, the cutoff is that like project architect and not project manager. And, you know, it's kind of interesting that, and I don't know what this indicator means that, you know, maybe they're looking to either promote from within or develop a project architect to be the next project manager so that they can save themselves on the salary of what would be, you know, um, a higher salary with a project manager or something. But I don't know. I mean, I don't know if you guys see it. I'm kind of rambling on this one, but it just kind of was interesting that, you know, when I was looking around that there a lot of firms that are just kind of looking for kind of mid-level to lower-level um, employees um, experience-wise. Um, and that, you know, some of the more senior staff stuff is still a little sparse right now. Well, I think what I've seen is that there are people who have moved up within the companies and there are people who are or have retired and therefore people find themselves in new positions where they have to be out winning the work. And they're out interviewing a lot. And that means that they are not spending the time on the real projects, I'll say in in quotes. And so what they're looking for, I think, is trying to find people who can bridge the gap between the graduates who are really technically smart and really design savvy, uh, Mm -hmm. but don't have any real world experience with putting a set of documents together. Um, with, you know, bridging that gap up to the people who are now finding themselves out of the office a lot more. So basically people becoming, coming into mentorship positions where they are giving the mentorship to the younger staff and really getting them, developing them into architects. Um, because that seems to be a hole that I've seen in firms all over the place. I keep hearing that from different people all over. It's like, those are the people that are really hard to find. And I I would imagine that you kind of fall into that category, Cormac. Would you say so? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I mean, that's that was typically your job where you were, right? It was to take on the interns and to take on the new graduates and to kind of show them the ropes and show them how you did things and show them the the steps of the process and and the way you don't do things and and what you document and what you don't and how you do red lines and like all the basic stuff I think that well stuff that we consider basic now but stuff that you've got to learn because it is part of the process that you don't necessarily get in school it sounds like that type of position is what you fill and I think what yeah. probably a yeah. lot of our listeners fill too where they've been around right. the block a few times and they've done a bunch of projects and they have the experience. And then there's this new group of um, entitled millennials 
you know who I'm talking about. You're <laughs> listening right now. Um, and, and just showing them how to do architecture, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. So let's talk about our second sponsor for this episode, and that is Nemechek Vectorworks. And again, I just want to mention that uh, their Vectorworks Design Scholarship is accepting submissions through August 31st. And as part of this scholarship, uh, you students can win up to $10,000 for tuition housing, textbooks, and more. This is a great thing. So anybody listening um, that hasn't already entered or is thinking about entering, it's easy to enter. Students just submit their best project, which can be an individual or a group project designed with any software. It doesn't have to be done with Vectorworks. If it is, yay, benefit, yay. But any software you're familiar with, all of the uh, um, projects will be evaluated you know, on, on that, uh, on their individual merits and you have a chance to win up to $10,000 So free money, right? you're probably already doing this work in school already? Take your project, submit it and, uh, have a chance at winning $10,000. So remember the submission deadline is August 31st. We're in the first week of August as we record this and release this episode. So you've got a few more weeks to uh, if you're listening to this in early August, get it in. How do you enter? Go to vectorworks.net/arcaspeak. So uh, everybody, uh, you know, get out to your alma maters and uh, let them know that uh, their you know your for, your classmates can win up to ten thousand dollars, and this is a really great deal. So remember, submission deadline August thirty first. And any student can submit their best project and it can be an individual or a group project. So we really want to thank uh, Vectorworks for uh, sponsoring this episode of ArcaSpeak. And um, in fact, Cormac, you actually had a, a visit to their office uh, this week. I did. Um, so last week when they were um, first episode that they had sponsored, uh, I kind of gave a quick shout out that they were local to me. And then they kind of realize, oh, wait, you know, he's, yeah, he's like 20 minutes away from us. Because uh, they're basically right up the Beltway and up 95 is uh, Columbia, Maryland, where they're out of. And um, I-, I would say that the visit was, well, it was awesome. And I, and I want to explain a little bit more about that. But I think they swayed me with a little bit of swag and a little bit of uh, free food. They um they had their awesome uh, food truck out there and they got me a a bacon and crab cheddar uh, sandwich. Making that was me hungry just now. Awesome. And uh, so, I mean, you know, they said that. And I'm like, I'm going to be there in 15 minutes. I'll, I'll, I'll drive fast. I'll get that ticket just so that I can go. No, but actually it was what was great is that, you know, they kind of rolled out the red carpet and um, got an opportunity to meet with a lot of really good people there. And, Neil, you actually met a few of them at the AIA convention. And, boy, do they remember you. <laughs> um, but <laughs> Thanks. But, um. No, what was great about the – they've got such a great operation going on there. We A lot of people use, you know, a lot of different um, softwares and stuff. And, you know, and, and this, these guys, and, and not just because they're, you know, our sponsor, but, you know, these guys definitely deserve a look. And But what I think is great about the way 
that they work in their office. One, it's a huge, it's, it's, it's a completely collaborative type environment that they have there. Everybody's there together. Everybody's there working as a team. And, and, you know, it's, it's like, these are the architecture kind of firms that we're always looking for. And it's really kind of comforting to see the architecture software doing the same thing and working in the same kind of collaborative effort that we do to make our architecture better they're working the same way to make their architecture software better. And I, I, th- I thought that was really cool because other than the fact that, you know, they've got this, it was, it was kind of strange. I mean, I, I honestly didn't expect this, but they had this dartboard with Neil's face on it. And they're just like, let him ask one more residential symbol question. <laughs> <laughs> no, they were great. They, they actually, they, they loved that at the AIA convention, Neil asked a bunch of great Great question. You know, he actually asked some really good questions, and, and they were just like, you know, we listened to it, and, you know, we're going to take this to heart. And what will be interesting is, you know, I'm not as familiar with the um, software as you guys are, and um, you know, but I'm sure going to because, uh, you know, I, I learned a lot while I was there, and they talked about a lot of different ways, and I love kind of a more streamlined effort that they're, you know, putting towards the software. And so, you know, I'm definitely going to download it and, and give it a, a shot and a trial you know, just for my own education, but, uh, it is, it is something that's, that's kind of fun that they, you know, have kind of that same collaborative work environment to make their, their stuff better as, as we do with our, you know, I mean, it's, you know, they've got architects working side by side with everybody else. And so, you know, it's, it, it, it's almost an intuitive way to work and they're doing it. It's awesome. That That's really cool. Um, yeah, I, I'm uh, I'm jealous you got a chance to do that. That you're you're there. Thanks thanks for having us out to their office. That that was great, and we really appreciate them uh, sponsoring the show. And, and and I and I the the hospitality was fantastic. I mean, you know, it was great. Great people there. Um, great work environment. So I, I definitely thank them for inviting me up there. So guys. Um, I want to get into some of the more nitty gritty stuff about uh, your, your. Okay, so we, we've we've kind of talked about if it's the right place and and some you know some suggestions about before you leave what you should uh, make sure you do. But I want to talk about like that letter of resignation and maybe that exit interview. How do you approach the letter of resignation and and the exit interview? What's been your guys' experience or any suggestions? Well, mine's pretty fresh in my mind. Oh, please do tell. All right. So, you know, I actually had my exit interview before I sent off my letter of resignation, which I technically still sort of have to do. Um, But by the time this is aired, um, then uh, I will have done it. To me, I think it's an opportune time to discuss to be very creative in your discussion about one, why you're leaving. But, you know, I also took it as an opportunity to talk about what I feel are opportunities missed, um, you know, with me on development, but what are opportunities that they can build on for, um, you know, just growth and development with, you know, new staff, with, you know, team building, with collaboration and things like that. And it wasn't, it wasn't about, you know, any negativity or animosity. It was about, you know, really, I I really, I took more of an opportunity to, um, you know, talk about where areas of improvement for me are and where areas of improvement for them are to make them a stronger, better firm 
you know, to retain people and to really kind of invigorate and inspire people in the office. And, um, you know, I think it went well. I mean, you know, it wasn't, wasn't anything negative or it wasn't anything, you know, like angry or stuff like that. You know I mean? People, you know, quitting is never an easy thing, you know, but as, as I was, you know, kind of saying, there's no good time to quit. So, but you know when you should. Yeah, I, I think it's a perfect time to be really honest. Yeah. Uh, because that, even though it may not be something that, that they want to hear, is something that is could be useful. It is important that they understand why you do not want to work there anymore or why you're going to work somewhere else, maybe for some other opportunities that you weren't getting there or that you didn't perceive you could get there. I think a lot of firms have lots of situations and scenarios that you could fit into to broaden your career in architecture. But, you know, operations within firms get compartmentalized and people don't tend to see outside their compartment. And so if you're looking for other types of experience and they don't fully understand that you no longer want the type of experience that's within the department that you're in, uh, a lot of times that does mean, unfortunately, leaving the firm when it could have been as simple as some, a shift within the firm. Um, but that's important right. for them to realize, too, that that they are maybe operating within silos that uh, need to need some breaking down so that that architects get well-rounded within the, the corporation. I mean, there's so many different jobs that can be done in an architecture office. Uh, and a lot of times I, I, people just don't think broadly enough about what the firm has to offer the employees. So if you are looking for something else, uh, really try to, and I, hopefully this comes before the exit interview, but really try to, to help people understand what you're looking for. And if they immediately kind of shut you down uh, and say, no, really, maybe maybe here's the opportunity and spell it out for them. And then if you get shut down again, then maybe it is time to go look somewhere else. And then you can bring that up in the exit interview. So have either one of you been in an exit interview? I, I, I went on an exit walk with somebody once. <laughs> it was like I was working at, at the company I was at before the one I'm at now. And the there a guy had been brought in to kind of changed the way the company operated and it turned a lot of people off or they got laid off uh, or they were fired because they didn't fit the new model that this person had developed. And so one day he's like, Hey, you, you want to go get a water over, over at the, at the store down the street. So I, I kind of knew what he was talking about. So we, we left the building so that we could have a really open, honest talk. And that's really what it was about. And he was like, man, I see like maybe three people here continuing. <laughs> and I mean, obviously it, the writing had been on the wall for quite a while that the company was kind of losing its ground and, and it was going to go under or something major had to change. And at the end of the the talk or the walk, whatever, whichever came first, he said, uh, so I want you to be one of those three people. And he said, so I, I kind of need to know if you want to be one of those three people. And, and I said, I interviewed at my at another firm yesterday, and I took the job, and so I'm giving you my notice right now because I just didn't see it working out. So you're like, <laughs> nope. So that that is my wow, right? And it wasn't out of disrespect, but it was just the reality of the situation. It was like I had seen the writing on the wall. Um, I didn't a hundred percent agree with the way that he had been handling things, and I didn't think it was a good fit. 
And it wasn't like it had never been a good fit. It was like all of a sudden it was not a good fit because this new guy came in and was changing everything. And even though the company wasn't doing well, the way that situations were being handled was really hard to go to work and enjoy what I did. Right. And so I knew like, oh man, I, it was stressful and I couldn't deal with that stress anymore. And not to say that architecture isn't stressful, but it was like dreading going to work. And if you're dreading going to work, man, I mean, you just, you just can't do that to yourself. You, you talked about a guy who was really sick, right. Yeah. That you would talk to about the place that he was working. And so, I mean, the, the workplace can make you sick. And so that is no way to treat yourself. You can't do that. He was in an environment that he was really kind of, you know, it, it just, it stressed him out because he wanted to do the best job that he could. He wasn't really getting very well mentored, but, you know, he was, and, and he was just worried all the time and it really was affecting him physically. And, you know, those, <laughs> those are definitely the indicators that you should, you know, when you're you know, when the job is making you sick and, and you know, you, you joke around and say, oh, I'm sick of this job, you know. No, no, no. He was physically sick by the stress that was, you know, thrown on him from this job, you know. And it just, you know, I mean, you, you can't work that way. Um, you know, I mean, we've we've sort of talked about the kind of, you know, like last show actually was was, you know, a lot of times, and, and you were you were talking about this um, just a few seconds ago about okay, so here we are in this you know sometimes you can kind of get into this niche practice where you know you're going to be doing a particular type of building or or something there, and you know a lot of times as you start to develop and grow, you're you know you were just talking about you know wanting to look for the next step up to, you know, to improve your career, to improve your knowledge in the profession and things like that, you know, and if it's really not there, I mean, that's kind of sometimes, you know, the frightening aspect of working for like boutique firms that do specialized things that don't have the opportunity to give you different avenues of gaining more experience in different types of building types or, you know, different types of like interaction with clients and things like that. And, you know, if you're looking, you know, I, I always say this to every intern that comes in, it's you make the profession what you want it to be. And if you want to be kind of a broad spectrum type architect where you've got a variety of different, you know, architectural, um, experiences, you know, where you've done residential and you've done commercial and you've done like schools and you've done this and that and stuff like that, you know, smaller niche firms aren't really going to be where it is. Or, you know, you may be getting to a point where you're like, you know, I've, I mean, no one can really learn everything that they can learn about, you know, a specific building type or whatever, because there's always some interesting challenge that, you know, kind of throws what you thought you knew into like a little loop. But, you know, there's this opportunity with, you know, the job market, you know, getting better and stuff like that to basically, and you, you said it best, um, Evan, is to seek out this opportunities to grow your experience. I was going to say, I've been on an, you know, I, I don't know if I've been on one or two ex different exit interviews. I know one in particular, and 
Evan, mine wasn't a walk. It was actually kind of like an exit uh, lunch <laughs> uh, that I was taking. But we left dead man left the office. Dead man eaten. <laughs> yeah, dead man eaten. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I think it was the the right opportunity. I think when you if you have the ability to leave the office, I think that's a good indication that they're looking for some honest feedback from you. They don't want you to maybe be intimidated by, hey, we're in the office, somebody's going to overhear us or somebody's going to walk in on us or something like that. It's, it's, at least in my case, this was a one on one. I left with the general manager of the firm and we had a very honest conversation over lunch about why I was leaving. And, um, that I think they really, if, if they go to that step, they really want some honest feedback from you. At least that was my experience. And, and so I gave it in, in a very positive manner as much as possible. Right. But you don't want to, you don't want to, um, to lie to them or, I mean, you don't want to be mean either. Right. I mean, you don't want to come across as a total jerk, um, and tell them, wow, this is a crappy place to work. And I hate this place. I mean, you may not want to be totally honest, but, uh, or brutally honest, maybe is the right term, right? You don't want to be brutally honest, but be honest with them. If there's a particular person, uh, there that you just don't get along with, or you don't, uh, like the way they, they operate, you know, then find a way to communicate that in a, in a, in a constructive manner, um, you know, or, or if it's the, the types of projects or you, you can point back to, I, Evan, you mentioned earlier about, you know, trying to work within the firm to find opportunities that can, that you can grow and you can use that, the exit interview as your opportunity. It's like, well, okay, we talked about this in my last review and nothing happened. And then in my next review after that, we talked about this or that and nothing ever happened. So, I'm tired of waiting, or I don't see this opportunity here, even though I've brought it up several times. And that may just be a structural failure failure of the firm, or maybe just a, an opportunity lost within the firm. Or as you mentioned, the firm is so siloed off that nobody really noticed. Or maybe it, you want to go in a direction that the firm's uh, not want, willing or wants to go in. And then it's it's if feedback for them uh, and so if it's a situation like that where they maybe you wanted to work on a product type that they don't do, that they're not going to branch out to do, then there's no harm, no foul. Everybody knows, okay, great, it's good working with you. Maybe we can work together again in the future. I think the most important thing with the letter of resignation and in this exit interview is to try not to burn any bridges. Oh, of course. Um, and I think that's really critical for your career. I would agree. I, th- I think it's extremely a small community when when you really think about it. The longer we're in this, it's like everybody knows everybody. You know all the firms around you. You know who's been where, and and everybody kind of jumps around here and there, and that's just expected. But I totally agree, Neil. It's you don't want to burn your bridges. You do want to probably bite your tongue on a few things. Uh, you you want a good reference. I mean, you don't want someone to call your previous supervisor and find out that that you left via text message one day and just said, "I'm never coming back." You know, um, I mean, just from experience with my wife owning her own company, there are so many crazy ways to quit that we never thought would ever happen. But but you know, people just say, you know, I'm not, I'm never coming in again. They'll just email you, "I quit. I'm not. I'm done." You know, can I get my last check? 
Uh, they just don't show up after lunch. Uh, there's so many unclassy ways to do it. And so my, my advice, I think, that parallels Neil's is do it in a very classy way. You want to make an impression, even if the people that you're speaking with uh, do not do not handle it in a classy way, you still should. Because uh, you never know what's going to happen in the future. You just never know. And so you you just need to be as classy as possible. And I think that's a really important message for our listeners out there that may be earlier in their career, that maybe because of the economy have had to move around. Uh, and now since things are getting better, they have an opportunity to maybe make a choice to move around where maybe our, our uh, previous we didn't really have a choice before. Um, and so I think it's very important to really drive this home with those that are still, you know, fairly early in their careers or maybe just getting out of school and their first couple of internships or something like that. Uh, because as Evan just said, um, you never know how things are going to turn out. And our careers are long. They last a long, yeah, I mean, decades. we're going to be doing this for essentially decades. The rest, like we said in our last episode, 40 to life, right? Um, you're going to be doing this for such a long time that you will find that the relationships that you build at each of the firms that you may work for um, will come back to either hopefully be a benefit to you in the future, whether it's a collaborative process with people you used to work with uh, or a favor. (laughs) Or or that person comes to work at the new place that you've already been working at. I mean, there's so much movement. Yeah. It's not just you. Exactly. So you really want to you know, build those relationships throughout your career because they can be very helpful in the future. So I think that's really uh, a nice way to kind of say uh, at the, towards the end of this show is that these are important things. You should take a lot of care in crafting your resignation letter, in crafting your thoughts about your exit interview and what you want to say. And maybe you do bite your tongue. It's okay to not say something. Exactly. Uh, But I think it's, um, I think it's an opportunity though, to be honest with a firm, you know, because they might want some, uh, or they're going to, especially if they take you outside of the office or a walk, like you mentioned, Evan, they're looking for some feedback. So, all right. I think that's a good place to wrap this one, guys. If you've got any questions or comments about this episode, visit our website at arcaspeakpodcast.com. There you'll find links to our individual Twitter accounts and our Arcaspeak podcast Facebook page. So you too can join in on the conversation that's happening all between the weeks between episodes. So if you have, uh, an, I'm going to say an inspiring tale to tell to share with us because I want them to be inspiring. Um, I don't, but if you've really got a great horror story about quitting, this would be the time to share it. That'd be fun. Uh, call or some juicy gossip might not be that bad. Oh, absolutely. So call Arca speak at four, one, five, four, eight, four, eight, four, nine, six. And if you don't want it shared on the show, let us know. We won't, uh, but we may refer to it, but we'll keep all your names out of it. If you want the names uh, of the guilty have been changed. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, and just as a, a reminder, uh, to sign up for the show notes, uh, so that you'll get all of the links and other information that we talk about on the show. You can do that at arcaspeakpodcast.com on the right hand side. You can sign up for the show notes. You know, those go out the Sunday that the, uh, episode airs. And in, just also another reminder, if you haven't already done so, please leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps get the uh, message out about the show and helps people find it too. So thanks again for listening and uh, stay subscribed.
Good night. Auf Wiedersehen. Ja, auf Wiedersehen. What are you talking about? You. What do you mean, me? You said, what am I talking about? I'm talking about you. What is a visit? What is that, a visiting? What? <laughs> what did you say there? I couldn't make it out. Auf Wiedersehen. Oh. For what? Visiting. I'm visiting? Oh. All right. I'm visiting. No. Auf Wiedersehen. What is it? Goodbye in German. God, thank you. I you have never German. heard Auf Wiedersehen? No. I mean... I've been to Germany twice. I probably have heard it before, is, but it's... You'd never say goodbye to them? I couldn't speak German. They never said goodbye to you when they Oh, Jesus, it your, was 20... Your Yankee ass out of it there? It was 20 plus years ago. I don't remember. <sighs> All right. I'm going to get Vectorworks that dartboard. Yeah.